Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 12 minutes after 5 on this Tuesday morning, happy anniversary, fellas. What are you talking about? Yeah, you didn't get me anything, did you? I didn't get you guys anything. Wait, what's the anniversary? It did show up in my Facebook memories. Did it? Yeah. One year ago today, Dad. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, is this the start of the show? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Happy anniversary, Vince. February 28th, 2022. First time. Yes. I had done done. my last TV broadcast at TMJ4 on the 25th. We had a Saturday and a Sunday, and we were on the air. That part (laughs) Here we go. I could not believe how quickly you pivoted, like from entering the building and going in one direction to the next time just going the other direction. You were pretty plug and play there, Vince. Well, Well, there kind of wasn't another way to do it. I mean, certainly we would have preferred, all of us involved, for me to have some sort of ramp up. Sure. A little bit more training, thank you. Yeah, but you totally picked up on it so fast. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I'm not fishing for compliments here. We all, <laughs> everybody helped me, you and Eric in particular, and Greg Pancake Hill, our producer. Brandon wasn't here then. Well, it wasn't on the show then. Nope, but I was in the uh, producer booth after you. Yeah, how did it sound? Pretty good? It was excellent. You were like, this guy's great. This, this is going to be really good. good great choice. It, it meant more to me than it, it meant more to me than apparently it meant to Eric. <laughs> just in a zone here, not thinking about the anniversary day. I just remember like where where we've come together in the last year is just I mean, in terms of comfort and everybody knowing how we work together, but mm-hmm. even just things like pushing the buttons. Of course, then like six months later, we blew all we that moved. up and moved to a brand new place. <laughs> I barely started to figure out what I was doing at the old place, and now... Oh, man, I think it's the... great. So Look forward to working thanks. every day. It's Congratulations. Great We've today. enjoyed it. I wanted to. I was. I was looking for it just now because I remember I was going to save it. There's one of these guys that regularly trolls me on Twitter. So I, I actually find it comedic. Like some people get really bent out of shape over negative Twitter stuff. I'm usually I'm just like, yeah, okay, this was funny actually. But he, I remember he went off on this big thing because yet all the negative stuff he would write on Twitter, he was clearly watching us on Channel Four, and he was always watching. Then he mm-hmm. he hates that you did this, and he hates that you did that, and he hates that you did that, and he's heard about the new, heard about your new job. I give you six months. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I've doubled up on that prediction. 514 Bullseye on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Baseball is officially back. Who shined on Monday? Who will start today? And when will Christian Yelich take the field? WTMJ's Greg Matzik is with the Brewers down in Arizona. Bright blue skies and 61 degrees in Surprise, Arizona, where the Brewers knock off the Royals 10-4 on Monday afternoon. Royals led 4-0 before the Brewers scored 10 unanswered. Mike Brasso hits his first home run of the spring, a two-run shot and a three-run six. To see those early results when you're seeing live pitching and different jerseys, jersey color, uh, guy on the mound, um, yeah, it's it's a good feeling. Adrian Hauser tossed a clean first inning in his first appearance of the spring. The Brewers used nine pitchers on the day. Monday's lineup was full of prospects and regular position players. Craig Council expects Christian Yelich and Joey Winker to see their first action of the spring this week. Yelich before Winker. But Winker's doing everything, yeah. frankly. I mean, Winker's 
We could great play. Brewers are back in Maryville today to take on the Chicago Cubs. Robert Stock will get the start for Craig Council. Closer Devin Williams earns the start on Wednesday against the Angels. With the Brewers in Arizona, I'm Greg Matson. The next radio broadcast for the crew will be Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock over on 94.5 ESPN. To the NFL, where the biggest question in this offseason remains in Green Bay. Where will Aaron Rodgers play in 2023? NFL Network's Ian Rappaport Join the Pat McAfee Show on Monday to shine some light on the biggest question of the offseason. If he goes back to Green Bay, like I said, I think they would welcome it. And I, I do think What do you time, think? What do you think? Think, think, think. You just think because you're like Bob McGinn after your years of studying the NFL? <laughs> what the do Green... I actually think? Yeah. No, no, like... No, I mean like on this... Source. Do you have sources that say that they would do that? Or is this like pun no, 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 no. I have sources. I mean, I... I believe very strongly, based on what I've heard from the people I know well, that if Rodgers came back, they would say, cool, let's go. Okay. All right. That's a big piece of information. I mean, I re- it's, no. He's Aaron Rodgers. The NFL Draft Combine is underway in Indianapolis. Packers General Manager Brian Gutekunst is expected to talk later today. And in college hoops, the Marquette Golden Eagles keep on climbing the rankings. A team once projected to finish ninth this season in the Big East now comes in this week ranked sixth in the country. That's according to the Associated Press. It is their highest ranking since 1978. Marquette is on the road tonight to take on Butler. You can catch full coverage beginning at 5 p.m. over on 94.5 ESPN. Coming up, how are they going to get those cars out of the Bayshore garage? We have more information on that coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Bayshore expected to begin this week removing cars from the failed parking structure at Bayshore. Monday we reported, right here on Wisconsin's Morning News, the fact that this was even going to be a thing, that officials with the mall were trying to think of a way to do it. The structure hanging from the third level and the second level, that uh, presented a risk for the rescuers and the construction team that was assisting in deconstructing what was a pile of debris and snow on the bottom. Yeah, it's North Shore Fire Chief Robert Whitaker with us on Wisconsin's Morning News, talking about why his crews had to be particularly cautious when they arrived on scene and why they hadn't let anybody back in there to get their stuff yet. The chief confirming Monday they did go through a process through the weekend to be absolutely sure that there was no one left in the debris. Certainly a sigh of relief that there were no deaths, no injuries. But the chief also respects that people do want to get their stuff back. They didn't, when they parked that day, didn't intend to have uh, their car trapped in a structure. And we're, what, four to five days later right now? And we all have business. And you look at your life and say, okay, what happens if I lose the car that gets me to work every day, that gets me to where my kids need to be? You know, that's a significant challenge. And the fire chief for North Shore, Chief Whitaker, talking to us on Wisconsin's Morning News. I had that thought even this morning, Eric, because I was thinking of our our talk with the chief yesterday and pulling into the parking structure that we do. And I thought, like, yeah, all my stuff's in here. My golf clubs are in here. Everything. Whatever else, right? In my trunk. What else did you leave in the car that you would need? Could be a car seat for somebody else, a briefcase, anything. My stuff. I'm going to get my stuff. (laughs) Never mind your car. Right, So there's all that. And I kind of chuckled when we talked about it last week. And folks were texting the old National Bank talking text line, saying, well, why don't they use a crane to pluck those cars off the structure? Well, Fire Chief Whitaker said that and other ideas were floated. Most of the cars are on the second level or on the second deck, so a crane necessarily wouldn't uh, be able to do that because of how the structure damage uh, limits cars' movement from the second to the third deck. 
so that's the biggest challenge. But um, they had some uh, pretty smart people there looking at how they could build a temporary ramp to remove the cars uh, in a controlled environment. Um, not that we would just, or they would just turn the keys, you know, walk on in and okay, drive your car out, but they right. would have somewhat of a scheduled removal of cars. So I guess they did talk about the crane idea. It was a thought, maybe <laughs> grab a cherry picker of some kind and oversee as they bring a crane over and grab them. Not going to happen. And then Chief Whitaker also, uh, I guess we broke a little news here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Was the first That was the first time I heard any talk about building this ramp. Right, a temporary ramp. And so apparently that's the idea that they're going with. Bayshore saying later Monday, after the chief was with us, that they will begin staged removal of vehicles by installing a temporary ramp that will connect the first and second levels of the garage. Here's a little bit more from the statement from Bayshore. Plans are being made for a member of the Bayshore management team, along with Bayshore security, to escort the vehicle owner to their vehicle, confirm their ownership, retrieve their key, and then Bayshore management officials will drive, well, some official will drive the vehicle out of the parking garage. We will provide further details to vehicle owners to coordinate removal and delivery of their vehicles. Hey, easy with the clutch there, Gary. Yeah, it it kind of sticks. Going from, <laughs> right. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to build this ramp. I don't know if they're going to like build it or is it a... That's a great question. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's going to take terribly long for them to set up some kind of temporary. Week. Right. Hmm. So whatever they construct, then they'll send somebody in there and they'll drive your car out. We do know what they're not going to do. We were uh, fascinated by the idea of maybe taking the entire car apart. <laughs> no. <laughs> then bringing all the pieces back down to the ground and rebuilding each car individually. Eric wants to disassemble all the cars and just take them out part by part, Chief. Uh, if you guys want to do that, I would leave that to you because I would not want to be part of that sure? <laughs> And that was not one of the ideas, so apparently. Not the <laughs> Wouldn't it be great, though? All of a sudden, you got leather seats. Well, wow. Hey, a little upgrade here. Where did the screw go? Where How about these tires? Yeah, all the extra pieces. Can you imagine, Debbie, the number oh of extra God. pieces? Somebody's up there just... <laughs> <laughs> Whose gasket is this? And they just lay it all out there on the street. Come guys, and get it. Guys out there in Silver Spring Drive. Like, Ooh, hey, look at hey, that. Take a look. <laughs> Okay, we're doing that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Laughing at something that we were going to do in this segment, but it got trumped, so to speak. There you go. By other well news done. today. More evidence this morning that Fox News knowingly promoted false election claims and that people you see on TV knew they were peddling crap, even privately expressed that, but continued to do it in order to placate then-President Trump and their viewers hungry for election denier news. Fox boss Rupert Murdoch admitting under oath that some hosts promoted election lies. The revelation coming in sworn a deposition in an ongoing lawsuit. Fox is being sued right now by Dominion voting machines for $1.6 billion. Andrea Fujii from ABC gets us up to speed. In the new court filing, Murdoch acknowledges Trump's baseless claims of a stolen election were promoted by Fox hosts, including Lou Dobbs, Sean Hannity, Janine Pirro, and Maria Bartiromo. Dominion lawyers asked Murdoch if he was aware that the hosts endorsed the false claims, and he replied, yes, they endorsed. But Murdoch denied Fox itself promoted the election lies. The network responded to the filing, saying, it was simply covering and commenting on allegations by a sitting president. Previous court filings show Fox stars, including Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram, privately doubted the Trump team's claims. 
So media watchdog organization Media Matters obtained a copy of the deposition, and that's how this all started to sort of leak out piece by piece. There's some Paul Ryan stuff in there. Oh, yeah, lots of Paul Ryan Former stuff. Former House Speaker, Janesville Republican. He's on the board, right? Mm-hmm. He's the board of directors for yes. Fox. So he's listed in the dep- deposition uh, comments that he made as a Fox board member, and there's one you know, poll that they took from that that he was in meetings saying, here's the quote, that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories, that he was the one in there saying, like, hey, trying to be a voice of reason in that group. Sure seems like I hear that a lot about Paul Ryan, trying to say something and no one paying attention. <laughs> See the guy in the back, like, just, hey, guys. hey, guy, you know, maybe we shouldn't have my pillow guy anymore. Oh, come on, shut up, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. In high school, hey, and we really shouldn't bring any beer into the house. All right, guys, we should. <laughs> hey, boo, on, Ryan. Here goes Ryan again. Don't come to the party then, Ryan. <laughs> what, what is that, Eeyore? Oh, do, you, do you want to have another guy? Maybe we should have a Social Security guy on to talk about how it's going to go bankrupt again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that what you want to talk oh, about, man. Paul Ryan? How is that possible? How, how is someone who clearly had leadership, clearly had everything, not being listened to ever? At Oh, <laughs> ever. Guys, maybe we shouldn't be putting these people on who are lying. Yeah. Hey, shut up, okay. Ryan. Hey, Paul. Okay, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> 545 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Brewers baseball is back after trailing 4-0 to zero by the fourth inning. The Milwaukee Brewers came storming back. To beat the Kansas City Royals in their fourth spring training game by a final score of 10-4. to Thanks in part to some timely hitting by their highly touted prospect, Garrett Mitchell, who went one for three on the day he batted in an, uh, a run. He chatted after the game what his goals were heading into the new season. You know, every year I'm just trying to get a little bit better. I'm trying to elevate my game and clean up the places where I feel like I can get better and just continue to work on the places where I've, I've been good. Um, but I feel like, like I said, that's that just takes time. It's just focused on getting a little bit better every single day. So that's been my goal and my focus. The younger prospects have had their early shares of at-bats this spring, and Mike Brasso hit his first home run of the spring as well against Kansas City. But when will we see Christian Yelich and newly acquired Jesse Winker in the lineup? This week, Yelich before Winker. But Winker's doing everything, yeah. frankly. I mean, Winker's, Winker's ready to play. We're just, I mean, he's taking at-bats every day. The Brewers are now 2-2 two and two in spring training with another game set for 2-10 today against the Chicago Cubs. And quarterback watch in Green Bay continues with lots of trade proposals and ideas floating around. Where is the best landing spot for Aaron Rodgers to win a second Super Bowl? If Aaron Rodgers' main goal is to win a Super Bowl, I think he's better off staying in Green Bay. And the reason I say that is I, I think that most people would agree that the path to the Super Bowl is probably a little bit easier in the NFC than it is the AFC. And then you think about, about familiarity with everything that's in Green Bay. You're not learning new terminology. Uh, you're not learning an entire uh, new offensive staff and players on, on that offensive staff uh, or on that team. And so I think when you look at that, look, is the personnel – Probably a little bit better around the quarterback in New York. Sure, probably. Same thing could be said probably uh, with the Raiders. But all that to say, like I think you look at the NFC North and Aaron Rodgers, another year with these receivers uh, that he played with uh, this past season, I actually think his trajectory and path to the Super Bowl is better in Green Bay than anywhere else.
That was former NFL quarterback Tim Hasselbeck on ESPN's Get Up on Monday. The NFL Draft Combine is underway in Indianapolis, and the new league year is just over two weeks away. In the NBA, the Bucks are looking for their 15th straight win as they set their sights on Brooklyn for a matchup on the road tonight against the new-look Nets. Giannis has been listed as probable. He missed the game on Sunday and went out early Friday with a quad contusion. Tip-off is set for 6.30. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. Coming up next, yeah, it might maybe have leaked out of the lab. in Wisconsin's morning news. This story was just breaking Monday morning. Sensitive topic, so I wanted to make sure that I was a little bit better read on it and researched before we discussed in any further detail this morning. What? I'm kidding. I, I, appreciate, <laughs> oh, right. I appreciate it. Well, because you know I have strong opinions on this. I, yes, I do. I but do. I didn't want to just come in here and just bleh, without really saying, what is now, this? If there is someone who always wants to make sure he's... he's Fully right. It's you. To a fault. I was teasing you. Actually, yeah, probably you could to argue fault, almost to a fault. Right. So but that's a good thing. Go. It's a good problem. But wouldn't you know here now, three years after America shut down due to the novel virus unleashed on the world, COVID-19, U.S. officials are sort of quietly allowing things to leak out. Yeah, the lab leak theory that was Im- immediately debunked by all of the world's most prominent scientists, WHO, the CDC, et al., Maybe. The Wall Street Journal reports that the U.S. Department of Energy now thinks that the virus that causes COVID-19 most likely first infected humans through an accidental lab leak, possibly at that biomedical lab in Wuhan, China. So those were the first reports of such this week. That's Terry Moran, ABC News. He was on Good Morning America quoting reporting from the Wall Street Journal that's now backed up by multiple outlets as well. It was months ago that the Biden administration did sort of Crack the door open at least to considering the lab leak theory once again. So where does that attitude stand today following these new revelations? ABC's Karen Travers. The Energy Department now reportedly has indicated it believes COVID's origin was most likely the result of a lab leak in China. Still, Biden National Security Spokesman John Kirby said Monday. There is not a consensus right now in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. Kirby said once there's information the U.S. government is confident in, it will, quote, absolutely be shared with Congress and the American people. The president believes it's really important that we continue that work and that we find out as best we can how it started so that we can better prevent a future pandemic. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. So talking about this again today and through this week, because this ought not go without significant reporting, because for so long, anyone who even proffered the lab leak as a viable theory was essentially canceled in those early days. And even for at least a year after, you know, the few brave, even in the medical community who spoke on it, they were shunned. There are plenty of reports of them saying I couldn't. You know, like I was outcast then. As soon as I said, like, hey, we ought to be looking at this, they were outcast. The Chinese government, who, again, still insists that we shot down a weather balloon, not a spy balloon over the Atlantic last month. What are they saying, Terry Moran, on that? Experts around the world say China could clear up much of this mystery if it dropped its secrecy and belligerence and agreed to a far greater transparency into that Wuhan lab. But this morning, the Chinese foreign ministry responded to the Energy Department finding telling the U.S. to, quote, stop speculating. Yeah, you guys stop that over there, 
Right. This was the same government that said it might have come into China via frozen fish that we were importing. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're no longer interested in your various other theories. Thank you, China, on that. First guy, honestly, who was able, I think, to get away with saying any of this out loud without being canceled was comedian and former host of The Daily Show, John Stewart. Remember his appearance on Colbert? You don't, huh? Um, how long ago was that? That would have been one like of his first times ago. after the Daily like, Show? Yes, yeah. and he okay. was on Colbert. So wait a minute. You work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name hey, of your lab. Wait. If you look at the name. <laughs> right. And he went on and on and on. And Colbert was very uncomfortable because this stuff was not allowed. It right. was not allowed to be said. Yep. In public. And that's my argument. There is no proof. No proof. And proof is different than evidence. There is no proof this morning that COVID-19 leaked out of that lab in China. But there's also no proof that it made the leap from animals to humans. And in fairness, that's usually how this goes. Mm-hmm. That's why we had swine flu. What was that? H1N1? Yes. It's called swine flu because it you know started in pigs. Avian flu starts in birds, makes a jump to humans. So that's not... It's an entirely plausible theory also. But so, too, is this. And from day one, there was solid evidence that at least it was a plausible theory, if not maybe the most plausible explanation. And we were told by the world's top scientists, don't look here, don't look here, don't look behind that door. And we ought to at least continue asking, not only did it leak from the lab, but why didn't they want us to ask that question? That now is still a very much open question.